0: Jesus heals the blind and mute. As Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, "'Have mercy on us, son of David.' When he had gone indoors, the blind blind men came to him and he asked them, "'Do you believe that I am able to do this?' "'Yes, Lord,' they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, "'According to your faith, will it be done to you?' And their sight was restored." Jesus warned them sternly, see that no one knows about this. But they went out and spread the news about him all over that region. While they were going out, a man who was demon-possessed and could not talk was brought to Jesus. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. But the Pharisees said, It is by the prince of demons that he drives out demons." This is the word of the Lord.
1: Thanks, Kate, so much. We'd like to keep your Bibles open. Um, The passage was Matthew 9, and we're gonna specifically look at verses 27 to 30, so do have your Bibles uh, to hand. And uh, before we begin, let's, let's pray. Jesus, would you open our blind eyes to see you, to see what you're doing, to see you? Would you heal us, restore us? We want to follow you, Jesus, passionately, following you, going after you. So would you open our eyes and bring truth. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. So we've been following on from uh, Sermon on the Mounts. And we are following Jesus now uh, through uh, across the parish of Chanctonbury, looking at the various miracles of Jesus. And um, here we go there's this one the two blind men who followed Jesus, crying out, uh, Have mercy on us, son of David. And these guys, if you can imagine, two blind men, they were following Jesus. And they pursued him passionately, craving. They were going after him and they pressed forward into the house where Jesus was. And if they were blind, they would not have seen the miracles which had taken place, would they? The leper, the centurion, Jairus' daughter, the woman with the issue of blood, they would only have heard So what was going on in their mind's eye, in the the imagination? What were they seeing? What were they seeing in their imagination? Maybe their sense of hearing was so heightened as well. And they were going after Jesus. And they say to him, Son of David, have mercy on us. And by calling him Son of David, they are recognising, they're acknowledging him as Messiah. They recognised this is the Messiah. And one of the hallmarks of uh, what, what they would have read, um, or obviously blind, not the blind men, but what they would have heard about the Messiah was uh, that he opened the eyes of the blind. This was a massive hallmark of the Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed One, And isn't it interesting that Jesus says to them, do you believe that I am able to do this? And I don't know about you, but when it comes to healing, how many of us here would say, yes, I believe Jesus is able to do this. Yes, I believe with all my heart that Jesus is able to heal me, able to heal my loved ones, those I am praying for, those I am ministering to, the ones standing in front of me. Yes, I believe without a doubt Jesus is able. And it reminded me, um, do you remember in, in Daniel chapter 3, the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who are friends of Daniel's who were, uh, refused to bow down to the image which Nebuchadnezzar had set up, and they were being thrown into the fiery furnace uh, because they refused to bow down. And they said, our God is able to save us. And then they said, but even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we, will, we refuse to bow down and worship. We believe that God is able. But how many of us will say, yes, I believe he's able, but will he? But will he? It's at that moment I think that doubt comes in. I speak for myself. I'm standing in front of somebody and I say, yes, I believe Jesus is able to do this. But what's in front of me is not looking good. It's not looking good. So will he? And you know, so many of us are dealing with the pain of disappointment. And our experience is not always matched up to what we read and what we hope for. And what we expect as well. So many of us are dealing with those disappointments. And so when we're ministering to somebody standing in front of us, doubt might come in. And doubt comes for really two main reasons, I think. Fear. Fear that this isn't going to happen. You know, think maybe for, you know, some are are facing real, real challenges, life-threatening challenges. And so fear plays a massive, massive part. And also confusion. Doubt comes because of confusion about the truth. That's not helpful whatsoever. And then we, we read here in verse 29. Jesus says, he touched their eyes, saying, according to your faith be it done to you. And so Jesus makes, I think for us, a really uncomfortable link between faith and healing. And we don't like that. It's almost become a bit of a dirty word, faith, when it's linked with healing. Because of course the problem is it raises massive pastoral concerns that you're, when somebody is not healed, that it is implying that they didn't have enough faith. But Jesus never, ever, ever did that. And when we're ministering to others, we should never do that either. We never, ever do that. Jesus actually commended people for their faith. He, uh, he commended the centurion. Uh, He commended the Syrophoenician woman for her faith. He commended blind Bartimaeus for his faith. He commended the friends of the paralytic for their faith. It says when he saw their faith. And he did rebuke the disciples for their lack of faith or their little faith. So he rebuked Peter when Peter was walking on the water And Peter began to sink and he says, you have little faith, why did you doubt? He rebuked the disciples uh, when they were in the storm and they were frightened. He said, you have little faith, why did you fear, why did you doubt? He rebuked the disciples when they failed to heal the demonised boy in Matthew 17. he, He rebuked them for their some translations say lack of for their unbelief, lack of faith. He was quite brutal. He says, you unbelieving generation. So Jesus did rebuke the disciples. So what we see is when Jesus commends people for their faith, we see that faith is important. So we're going to talk about faith. And actually, when we think about the the story in Luke 18, of the the story of the persistent widow, there's this funny little verse right at the end, uh, which says, nevertheless, will the Son of God find faith on the earth? So Jesus does link faith and prayer in that moment. So the, the, the problem, I think, for us is not a problem of faith. I think it's a problem of lack of faith or unbelief that we have. So how on earth do we deal with it? Because speaking for myself, there are moments when I'm ministering to somebody and really annoyingly, this kind of dollop of unbelief just comes straight on me. I don't know if that resonates with, with anybody else. But it's so annoying, so annoying. So it is possible to have faith and unbelief at the same time. If you think of the the father of the demonised boy, he said, Lord, I believe, help me in my unbelief. So it is possible to have faith. And we do have faith. And let's think about the disciples when they couldn't heal the demonised boy, They'd just been out on some crazy wild ministry trips doing the stuff, doing the Jesus stuff. They'd seen it all and yet they say, they, they, they say, why couldn't we heal him? So it wasn't that they had a problem, but Jesus did talk about unbelief. So it's possible for us to have faith and unbelief at the same time. And I think that the the reasons for this are many. I think we live in our Western culture with this uh, rationalistic, intellectual thing which frankly just debilitates our faith. And I'm afraid that the truth is that in the mainstream church, the mainstream church has not consistently believed in healing for a long time. Just to... In case there's any doubt in here, this church does believe, properly believe. And we have amazing leadership which champions healing, thank God, and releases that atmosphere where we believe. But it's not in the mainstream church. so We are putting our heads above the parapets, guys. We are being a bit out there when it comes to healing. But this is what it says in here, doesn't it? And uh, so the other uh, thing which might quench uh, faith or bring unbelief is the environment that we're in. And the faith environment is really important. If you think that not even Jesus could do many miracles in Nazareth because of the unbelief. And uh, that's crazy, isn't it? Not even Jesus because of unbelief. He could only do a few miracles there. So the faith environment is is important. Think about um, uh, the blind man who was in Bethsaida. Jesus led him out of the village. And and then, do you remember, Jesus also was pretty tough on Bethsaida and says, woe to you, Bethsaida, because you didn't repent because of the miracles that were done in you. So there's a little problem going on in Bethsaida, clearly, that they didn't repent and believe. And so Jesus had led the blind man out of the village. I think that he was, and he told the blind man not to go back into the village. There's something in that, in that I think he was protecting the faith environment. So the faith environment is important. And if you think about how Jesus ministered as well uh, in pretty negative environments, let's face it, the Pharisees weren't Particularly happy uh, a lot of the time, and uh, so how did how did Jesus deal with that negative faith environment, which which you know quenches faith? How he did it was he spoke truth in that moment. He spoke truth, counteracting what the what people you know, the mutterings of the Pharisees and what they were saying, and. We also need to protect the faith environment and we need to protect our hearts. And I think that, um, you know, we, again, in our Western culture, we constantly listening to bad news, or whether it's the radio, TV, social media, whatever it is, that bad news and unbelief is being poured into us. And we, we are... on this stuff. That's what our hearts are are listening to all the time. We're kind of buying into this world system. A few years ago, some of you may have heard this before, but a few years ago I had a a waking dream um, whereby I was, uh, it was pretty disgusting, I I felt like I was eating out of a, a tin and it was something like eating dog food. And I was like, oh, look, that is disgusting. What is it? And I felt him say, you're feeding on unbelief. And I literally was like, okay, we're turning off Radio 4. We're turning it off. Turning it off is just constantly being fed unbelief. We need to guard our hearts and feed on truth instead. And then, in, if you think about what we're having to listen to at the moment, is all about the, the the cost of living, the crisis of the cost of living that is looming, and how many of us are beginning to go oh, panic. What am I going to do? Going to have these enormous bills coming in, and from October. So, what, how do we respond to that? Because that's fear. That's we're indulging in anticipatory fear of the future who is your provider? God is your provider. God is my provider. Whether it's opening doors of opportunity, little jobs or whatever whatever it is, let's not indulge in the fear of the future. Fear quenches faith. Come on, let's trust him. He knows what we need. Look back and see how he has always provided for you. He's always provided for you. And then we have natural unbelief, which is when we're either ministering to somebody or for ourselves, there's pain. It hurts. You know, we can see the person in front of us is not healed, that sort of natural unbelief. So it's what we see with our our natural eyes, with our senses, and that's when we need to... Does that say clap the kids? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Okay. (laughs) I'm cracking on, okay. We need to see things from the father's the father's perspective. Sorry guys, we'll crack on. And that means operating in, in the, the spirit realm. Um, so, how do we we set we need to set our minds above and, and look from the father's perspective? I don't know if you read the story in the magazine last time that came out about. The, the little boy, we got a, uh, one, a member of the church family got a phone call or a message came out on WhatsApp about a child in one of the local schools who'd been run over by a car. Uh, literally, the wheels had gone over. I don't remember how old he was, he was about eight, I think. The, the wheels had gone over this, guy, this little boy's stomach. And um, it was outside of school, and we were having a teaching morning. It was the tra- training centre weren't we? And so this message came in, the meeting was stopped and we prayed and uh, and uh, somebody basically said, okay Father, how do you see this from your perspective? What is going on here? And saw that uh, the car was made of blamange. If you don't know what Blamange is... The kids won't know what blamange is. It's like this kind of custardy, soft, squeegee, puddingy thing. Um, and uh, so we declared the car would be like blamange, and would not harm this child at all. And then the, the, this boy was—I think whether he was airlifted or taken by ambulance—immediately down to hospital. But the news came back: few cuts and bruises, nothing more. No damage, he was totally fine. It's awesome, isn't it? It's just so good. And I, so that's what, when, when we talk about walking by faith and not by sight, it's sort of looking at what's in front of us. And I think that even when we get the doctor's reports, you know, we, we seem to sort of place a lot uh, of, of um, Importance. I mean, we love the doctors, we love science, all of that. And don't get me wrong, we're relying on that right now at the moment, believing for something different. But uh, we seem to place uh, more importance on, on the doctors' reports than on the Word of God. And uh, I never forget uh, a few years ago, uh, some friends of ours who are part of this church family. She was expecting her first baby, and um, we got a phone call saying, please, can you pray? Uh, The the doctors have said this baby is nearly at full term, but this baby is not uh, doing well, and there's panic. They're they're saying the baby's too small. Uh, The the consultant basically had said, um, from looking at the scan... There is not enough fluid around this baby. And the consultant had said, guys, you need to prepare yourself. We need to get this baby out. You need to prepare yourselves that this baby's going to be very small. Um, and so prepare yourselves. And they'd, they'd gone from the hospital. and In fact, it was her birthday. So they went out for supper and they said, could we come and, and get you to pray for us? So Patrick and I prayed just before we arrived before they arrived. And I, I had this uh, picture in, in my mind's eye um, uh, and, and a sense that uh, of the Lord saying, is, but is the scan true? And so they arrived, we prayed, and then I had this picture of her um, at about midnight lying with her husband beside her and she going into natural labour. Um, so we, that's what, how we prayed. And uh, the next morning, we got a, a call basically saying that that is exactly what had happened. The baby was born at 7 o'clock and uh, was a good, healthy 7 and a half pounds, and, and, and it was all good. It was all good. But the consultant had said, and the scan had said, so do we not need to question? Just say, okay, but Lord, what do you see? What do you see? Look at it from a different way and pray that and that child is part of our youth team now um, and he's doing well and two other babies came along so how do we uh, grow our faith Uh, sometimes I think we can think I need to muster faith I need to uh, I've got to have faith I've got to have faith but I don't think it ever works it also then becomes all about me and of course faith is actually like a mustard seed I always think you know, in the NIV it says uh, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, it actually the word small isn't in there in the Greek. It says faith as like a mustard seed. In other words, it's something that grows. And the foundation for beginning to grow our faith comes through the knowledge of the truth. And the truth, as Patrick was praying earlier, we can rest in the finished work of the cross it is all done so that I'm not having to if I come and think yes Jesus I believe you can do this but will you oh hooray you already have you've already done it so we can rest on that truth we can come from that position of looking back at the cross for those of you who are up on be ring for the service when James gave an illustration of Jesus on the cross and we're praying and looking back at the cross. He has already paid. He's already bought. The the healing has already been atoned for. It's already bought and paid. So we can go, ah, but you've already done it. And then we need to crack on. We need to do the stuff. Do you remember when uh, Moses was standing in front of the Red Sea All God asked him to do was hold his staff out and God was doing the rest. So for us, that's all God asked to do is to crack on and minister and do the stuff. And then faith is like a muscle and grows stronger as we exercise it. And then if you think about the parable of the talents, God gives us greater responsibility as we go, as we exercise, as we do this. And I can remember years ago, Patrick was uh, preaching um, uh, about healing um, up at HTB, And we were helping, doing ministry and giving words of knowledge. And I think he was speaking in the morning, and then we were speaking in the evening. And in the afternoon, I remember I, was, um, I remember going out for a walk, and I was pushing my pram. And I was like, Lord, we want to see the big stuff. We want to see the lame walk. We want to see the blind eyes open. And he went, great, I'll give you a word of knowledge about that. And I went, Ugh! I can't give that word, no. But we're growing, aren't we? We're growing, and as we go, we're given greater responsibility. Faith is actually a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The, the Greek word for faith is pistis. So when we think about the fruits of the Holy Spirit love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness faithfulness it's actually the word faith, pistis. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit so more Holy Spirit please, more Holy Spirit come and fill me that all the fruits of the Spirit would pour out we feed on truth we feed on experience get round people who are doing this stuff who are seeing healing come and join the healing centre team we would love that if you're part of a KSC we'd love it, we're all called to this aren't we go, heal the sick, do the stuff We'd love it to be part of the, the Healing Center team. Feed on the testimonies. We've got loads of testimonies coming out all the time. And then start practicing seeing from heaven's perspective in your imagination. Do, do you remember in the Old Testament, we talk about, um, it talks about seers, seers, who see in your mind's eye. That is a vehicle that God uses our imaginations. So set our minds uh, above. And of course, our model is Jesus who said, uh, I only do what I see my father doing. He, he said, I can do nothing of my own accord. He said, I speak of what I have seen with my father. I, uh, the other day, I was um, in my vegetable garden, and I uh, was... Uh, My neighbor came along and I was sort of peering over the fence and seeing what he'd got in his vegetable garden. And his vegetable garden looks a bit better than our vegetable garden. And I was saying, Oh, all right, Pete, what are you doing? What are you growing there? And uh, he said, Oh, I'm growing green manure. Oh, hello, what's that? And he said, Well, we're going no dig. And I was like, Ah, okay, I've heard about no dig. Um, And I said, What are you going to do? He said, Well, he said, I'm fed up with digging. does my back in Mm -hmm. and uh, in fact do you remember he had a really bad back and you prayed for him Uh, no you didn't he said Pete would you like prayer and he went nope nope no thanks we (laughs) love Pete anyway um, he he so he said I said all right what do you do then Pete said, well I'll grow this green manure and then let it mulch down into the soil to feed the soil it gets nitrogen in the soil then I'm going to put cardboard over to suppress the weeds. Okay, right. And then I'm going to put a load of compost on the top, quite a big layer of compost, and then uh, I'll sew into that. And he said, We went over to Kent to see this amazing vegetable garden, and it's just the crop is just unbelievable. He said, But I'm fed up with weeds. And I thought, Man. <laughs> I'm really fed up with weeds. I'm fed up with digging. I'm just constantly, constantly digging. I'm constantly, constantly pulling up weeds. It's just never ending. They never, ever go. They never go. And it's hard work. And I just thought, this is just like, this is like what it feels like to me. I'm trying to dig up the weeds of unbelief constantly. And I'm fed up with it. But the principle of no dig means you're not disturbing the good soil. And the principle is that the weeds are suppressed. And the principle is you're feeding the soil. And I just thought, do you know what? I need to feed the soil of my heart. I need to feed the soil so that good seed and good crop can come, rather than uh, just feeling, it's the thing about mustering faith, no, let's feed the soil, feed the soil of our hearts, and I almost see like when you're placing the cardboard, it's almost like you're You're placing, like, imagine your cardboard or newspaper, it's like you're placing the words, the word of God on this to suppress the weeds, to suppress the weeds of unbelief and not allow them to come into the light. And eventually, they will die. They will die the more that faith comes as you feed the soil of your heart so that good seed comes in. There's this... um, beautiful verse which just struck me recently because I grew corn on the cob for the first time and I was I had this enormous uh, sweet corn and I was like wow this started as a tiny seed started as a tiny tiny seed and Jesus tells the story about the farmer going to sow seed. And he says he doesn't know how it grows, but he places the seed into the good soil, and then the harvest comes. So I would just love to encourage encourage you now, rather than digging away and mustering faith and pulling up constant weeds of unbelief, to begin to feed on truth. The truth is, it's all bought and paid for. You can rest in the knowledge that he's done it so that we have no problem with standing up and saying, I believe you can do it, but I believe you have done it. And we can feed on truth. Feed our hearts. Switch off the radio, the TV, the bad news. Switch it off. Get your nose in the Bible and feed, and just make this good, good soil. Let's stand. I'm gonna ask you a few questions. And if you are able, reply with a resounding yes, if you feel able. Do you believe that the New Testament accounts of the healings and miracles performed by Jesus and others in his name are true, that they actually happened? Yes. Do you believe that Jesus truly died for all our sins? In other words, even though we know we are sinful, flawed, and fallible people, Jesus has dealt with any and every reason why we should not receive the blessings of his kingdom, including healings and miracles. Yes. Do you truly believe that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he's alive now? Yes. yes. Do you believe what the New Testament teaches about Jesus, that he is the same yesterday, today and forever? In other words, that he would react to a request for healing in exactly the same way today as he did 2,000 years ago. And do you believe his promise that where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. He is present with us. Thank you, God. Well, as, As we have made these declarations, Lord, we believe you are present with us and you are present to heal. That is your nature. It's who you are. It's your desire to heal. And we rest in the finished work of the cross. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to roam our hearts and to give us resolve to turn back to the ancient ways and that we would feed the soil of our hearts. And even now, Holy Spirit, continue your work of healing, bring full restoration. I had a sense when we were worshipping that um, there may be someone here with um, endometriosis who's struggling to conceive. So even now we speak to the endometriosis and we command you to dissolve and we declare wombs to be open, (coughs) babies to come. I had a, a sense, also, there may be someone here struggling with ME, chronic fatigue. If that's you, I'd love you to um, be brave. Maybe uh, come forward. The team would love to minister to you. Uh, and actually I think I'd love to include in that anything going on from long COVID we 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 had a friend we ministered to in July uh who just said oh I have to go to bed for three hours I'm struggling with long COVID and so we just prayed for that we were in the road we prayed for her there and then and next day tend to text she said I feel normal I feel normal I feel normal. And she keeps texting, saying, thank you so, so much. So grab hold of that testimony. If any of you are struggling, we just break off long COVID over you now. We say, be healed. All Any symptoms, any loss of uh, sense of smell, be restored now, in Jesus' name. Be restored. Mm, any brain fog? Brain fog. Go. Any spiritual long COVID. In other words, can't quite get yourself going again. Can't kind of get going. Just break that off in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. I also had a sense of, I had a picture that there of um, somebody up in a tree and reminded me of the story of Zacchaeus. And I have a sense there may be somebody who who's just stumbled into church and is feeling on the edge. It's like, they don't really want me. Those people there don't want me. I'm not good enough. But Jesus says to you today, come down from the tree. I'm coming to your house today. I'm coming to your house today. So we yield ourselves again to you this morning. We invite you, Jesus. And we say, we want to come to your house today, Jesus. We want to come to your house. And would you come to our house? Where we know that we're loved, accepted, approved of by the Father.